Hello and welcome to Radio Eka. Eka is a yoga and meditation app from India. And through this podcast, we will explore the various dimensions of the body and the mind and delve deeper into understanding the true essence of yoga. The website is www.ekameditation.com. The upcoming series The Origins of Yoga is written and narrated by Swami Hamsa Yanananda Saraswati. Hariyom, Hariyom. My name is Swami Hamsa Yanananda Saraswati. The website is www.tantrikaashramtrust.org. And this is a, a section of satsangs on the introduction, the searching for the essence of yoga. In her article, Capitalism and the Cult of Conformity, the making of a yoga journal conference, the author Sri Louise in 2014 effectively argues that yoga in the West has been largely co-opted by capitalism. Yoga, particularly in America, but doubtlessly to some extent in other countries as well, has become commodified, transformed into a product, with the promise of a healthy lifestyle, a particular body image that can be used to sell yoga products, clothing and magazines. As the author shows, this is tied in with complex and difficult issues surrounding identity politics and cultural appropriation. Though I largely accept much of this author's thesis, it nevertheless leaves me to consider the question of what then is the real essence of yoga? And how can this essence survive the tradition's confrontation with capitalistic modernity and furthermore, maybe even heal and rectify some of the more ridiculous consequences of this modern mindset. It has been my observation over the years that many yoga teachers and practitioners have somewhat limited, confused and distorted knowledge of the history of their tradition. Now one immediate response to all of this might be, does it matter? After all, if you were to call for a plumber, it is likely that you would ask the said plumber if he or she had a comprehensive knowledge of the history of plumbing, therefore accepting their services. Similarly, we would not necessarily expect a school teacher to know the detailed history of education in order to be a good teacher. Indeed, I would have no doubt that there are many excellent yoga teachers bringing great benefit to the world whose grasp of yoga history is not as all what it might be. Nevertheless, I believe that there is something to be said for gaining greater clarity in this area. There are, of course, numerous arguments that can be made for the study of history in general. One familiar and well-rehearsed argument is that the study of history can help us learn more from of the past and prevent us repeating the same mistakes of the past. 
Alas, if it was only that simple. Another argument I would put forward for paying closer attention to the history of yoga is to save us from what I want to call the curse of constant novelty. That is, the tendency to continually reinvent the wheel. And in the modern yoga world in particular, the seemingly incessant drive to create new styles and branches of yoga that quite frankly often show little or no appreciation, respect or understanding of the yoga tradition or of the deeper meanings of yoga. Now let me qualify this latter statement. Respect and understanding of tradition is important, but I certainly don't want to suggest that we should be bound and constrained in complete awe and reverence to our traditions. There is also a potentially radical sense of tradition that we might be able to draw from. The philosopher Jacques Diera once talked about an appeal of tradition that is in no way traditional. That's on earth. What on earth did he mean by this? The common understanding of tradition is that of an inheritance and something to be passed down from generation to generation as a kind of doxa or body of unquestioned knowledge that every initiate in the discipline is asked to or expected to accept. However, a radical conception of tradition sees it in a very different light. Here, tradition is something produced through a critical or deconstructive engagement with that inheritance. Doxa is now interrogated, questioned and made to answer for itself. If we adopt this radical sense of tradition as a yoga teacher or as sannyas, we can still recognise the need for an inheritance of knowledge that helps us to make sense of our journey. But then, rather than accepting it with blind faith, this sort of tradition calls for an attitude of critical engagement, a shifting through or recovery of sorts. What this radical idea of tradition is trying to recover is something missing, forgotten or repressed in contemporary life. In other words, the radical traditionalist, or sannyas, Swami maybe, understands that we have to sometimes look backwards in order to go forwards. There is, of course, yet another, rather more prosaic argument for the study of yoga history, and that is an appeal to the simple pleasure and satisfaction that such studies offer. I suppose that it might not convince everyone. Maybe it's just me. I have always been a bit of a history fanatic. By that, I don't mean the kind of history you used to get in school, the history of kings and queens, which I find all quite tenuous. I mean the history of ideas, the history of philosophy, and science of the body, and belief systems, the history of the human search to understand our place in this vast universe. With all this in mind, I want to set about this short 
study of yoga history for you. I do hope that within these talks I can convey even just a little of the delights that can be gained with the added depth to our practice that I also believe occurs from deeper inquiry within our practices themselves.